Hey guys, Brandon Harris, Statue Conservative, back here on the Weekly Deplorable Radio Show. We just got done watching the second impeachment trial of Donald Trump. The Senate passed it forward to hear it this time. And folks, we're looking at, um, you know, Bill Cassidy now voting with the Dems. That was pretty surprising to see in the trial. Watching the trial here in the opening arguments, the Republican uh, team did come out. And uh, we kind of really focused on, hey, the constitutionality of this thing and uh, just watching it and hearing some of the feedback on both sides. The Democrats seem to think they have a hand trick here and uh, they still need 15, you know, come tomorrow at noon when this reconvenes to go ahead and push this impeachment through. And I don't think it's going to pass. I, I really don't see this impeachment working. But if I were President Trump looking at my legal team today, despite other people's opinions, I think they did a stellar job um, basically putting their case forward, saying, hey, guys, the constitutionality of this is so un, un, unvisible. It's just not there that at this point in you know this impeachment trial, we're undermining the United States of America for what it is. And I think they really hit that on the head. Despite the Democratic feedback, I think that the Republicans' legal team has been phenomenal. I was really impressed by everything that happened. I'm going to keep, you know, moving forward, watching this, keeping on top of it and reporting to y'all. But I think uh, through and through, it was just a really odd impeachment. And uh, the Senate Democrats just seem not to even want to listen to what's going on. They don't, they, they care less what the Republicans have to say. And that's what it's all about. They're in there to get rid of a political person. Just like, uh, you know, President Trump's attorney said, they're using this as a partisan way to target the president of the United States. They're using this impeachment as a partisan way to destroy the integrity of our nation through partisan actions for political gain because they didn't like the reaction of what happened in 2016. And they, again, stole the election in 2020, guys. This has been proven time and time again. The theory is now proof when you look at these voting machines, some of the open cases coming out, um, some of the unsealed files finally being released from the Dominion voting software. And it's turned into a poppycock game of let's target Republicans. Let's nail our Republican colleagues to the ground. Let's, you know, clean out the deplorables. Let's get rid of anybody who is associated with Trump. They've gone as far as to say they want to reprogram Trump loyalists. And people are proud of their nation, true patriots. They want to reprogram us. 74 million of us, folks. They want to reprogram 74 million of us. To me, that in and of itself is scary. That sounds like Adolf Hitler to me, guys. I mean, Adolf Hitler wanted to reprogram Jewish people, and it turned into one of the biggest, most horrible things of all time, the Holocaust. God bless, you know, anybody who had to go through something so rough, and we're walking into a time period in American history, we're about to incite our own start of something as such. If we continue to allow the spread of the nation, Democrats claim they want to unify. Joe Biden claims his party's about unity, and there's no unification in pushing the president through the floor. The only unification you're seeing is they talk about unifying Democrats and Republicans are big wig, long-term Republicans like Mitt Romney and Bill Cassidy running towards the left. People like Adam Kissinger running towards the left because they don't want to lose their political power play and control. I think I'm going to see, and you're going to see here in the next few years, mark my words on this, a switch of parties by a lot of these big-time Republicans that are turncoats. I mean, Cheney, I think, you know, Liz Cheney is going to be another one that's going to run and turn into a Democrat eventually. I think the Democratic Party is going to gain some heavy hitters, but lose a lot of voter base at the same time. It's going to cause mass confusion in districts across the United States. I honestly think they're setting the Republican up for a power play. 
you know, the average Republican is going to have a power play here. The Republican Party is going to have a power play here if we continue to see what's going on go on. I mean, think about this. In multiple places, at least seven or eight now, we know that Republicans are voting with the Democrats. In seven or eight different districts, we know we're going to see voters pissed off on one side. The other side confused if that person chooses to switch parties. I'd be surprised the Democrats actually accept some of the other Democrats. I'd like to see, or some of the other Republicans that want to turn Democrat. They know it's going to rock their voter base. I think this is going to become interesting. I think that this is going to really, you know, shake a few things. Could turn uh, the majorities a bit differently, but I think in the end, overall, the Republican Party is going to gain in 2024 from the actions of the Democratic Party today. Today's Democratic Extreme Left Party is going to push for the growth of the Republican Party come 2024. Mark my words, guys. I'll be back after the break. This is Brandon Harris, Tattoo Conservative, back here with Donald Trump's second impeachment trial. Guys, I covered this thing live. I just, I want you to hear a bit of what um, I was listening to. Um, I'm going to replay this here for the best of my ability for you guys to hear this. We're going to go over Mr. Rascom, Jamie Rascom's question to uh, Donald Trump's defense. I represent the people of Maryland's 8th Congressional District in the House and also to serve as the lead House manager. And uh, Mr. President, we will indeed reserve time for rebuttal. Thank you. Because I've been a professor of constitutional law for three decades, I know there are a lot of people who are dreading endless lectures about the Federalist Papers here. Please breathe easy, okay? I remember well W.H. Auden's line that a professor is someone who speaks while other people are sleeping. You will not be hearing extended lectures from me because our case is based on cold, hard facts. It's all about the facts. President Trump has sent his lawyers here today to try to stop the Senate from hearing the facts of this case. They want to call the trial over before any evidence is even introduced. Their argument is that if you commit an impeachable offense, in your last few weeks in office, you do it with constitutional impunity. You get away with it. In other words, conduct that would be a high crime and misdemeanor in your first year as president, and your second year as president, and your third year as president, and for the vast majority of your fourth year as president, you can suddenly do in your last few weeks in office without facing any constitutional accountability at all. This would create a brand new January exception to the Constitution of the United States of America. A January exception. And everyone can see immediately why this is so dangerous. It's an invitation to the president to take his best shot at anything he may want to do on his way out the door, including using violent means to lock that door, to hang on to the Oval Office at all costs, and to block the peaceful transfer of power. In other words, the January exception is an invitation to our founders' worst nightmare. 
Now, folks, you heard that just like I did. You can't tell me you didn't hear that. That is disgusting. That is the ultimate betrayal of our U.S. Constitution. The question is, what's the January exception? Is his January exception even logical? And at this point, um, guys, I just have to tell you, this isn't logical. It's just the most disgusting thing I think I've ever seen in U.S. history ever spoken on a Senate floor. We're talking a January exception in history. There's not been a president that has been impeached outside of presidency. You're impeaching him to remove him as president. This is political power play and precedence because the Democrats lost. They have no factual, hard, rock-solid evidence. The president didn't say, go storm Congress, go lock it down and use violence. The president said, make noise, make a statement, lead there and be heard. My Lord, they're literally using itty-bitty crumbs that they can come up with at this point to try to win this impeachment trial. It is disgusting to watch. I can't quite fathom what's actually going on right now. And folks, this is just too much for me. Um, In all reality, this is far too much for me to even bear at this point. Um, Just watching this opening statement here from a complete and utter idiot makes me want to kind of shake my head and go, wow, what are the Democrats really going to present in the Senate trial? How many fun memes are we going to have when it doesn't go through anyway? They've wasted millions of dollars, hundreds of hours, and could have actually been getting things done in D.C. You know, under the Trump administration, a lot got done. Under the Biden administration, we've had a ridiculous amount of executive orders followed by crappy impeachment trials and things not going properly. So I'm going to stay tuned in here, folks. We're going to keep laughing about this. We're only uh, an hour and 48 minutes into a five-hour and 47-minute hearing here. So I'll be back once I get done with the following break. And when it goes time to vote, guys, for Homer Township Supervisor, thank Steve Balich for Homer Township Supervisor. Thank you. Now we're going to go live to uh, David Cicilline, a Democrat, giving um, his floor ideas and concepts for this little impeachment trial. Oh, God, this is so much fun, guys. Let's take a listen to what Mr. Cicilline has to say, and let's go over that next. This is, um, just so y'all know, about two hours and 41 minutes, about halfway, a little under halfway through the uh, impeachment trials. Congressman Jonah Goose, 36 years old, represented from Colorado. Mr. President, distinguished senators, my name is David Cicilline. I have the honor of representing the 1st Congressional District of Rhode Island. As I hope is now clear from the arguments of Mr. Raskin and Mr. Nagoose, impeachment is not merely about removing someone from office. Fundamentally, impeachment exists to protect our constitutional system, to keep each of us safe, to uphold our freedom, to safeguard our democracy. It achieves that by deterring abuse of the extraordinary power that we entrust to our presidents from the very first day in office to the very last day. It also ensures accountability for presidents who harm us or our government. In the aftermath of a tragedy, it allows us an opportunity to come together and to heal by working through what happened and reaffirming our constitutional principles. And it authorizes this body and this body alone 
to disqualify from our political system anybody whose conduct in office proves that they present a danger to the republic. But impeachment would fail to achieve these purposes if you created for the first time ever, despite the words of the framers and the constitution, a January exception, as Mr. Raskin explained. Now I was a former defense lawyer for many years, and I can understand why President Trump and his lawyers don't want you to hear this case. Why they don't want you to see the evidence. But the argument that you lack jurisdiction rests on a purely fictional loophole. Purely fictional. Designed to allow the former president to escape all accountability for conduct that is truly indefensible under our Constitution. You saw the consequences of his actions on the video that we played earlier. I'd like to emphasize in still greater detail the extraordinary constitutional offense that the former president thinks you have no power whatsoever to adjudicate. While spreading lies about the election outcome and a brazen attempt to retain power against the will of the American people, he incited an armed, angry mob to riot. And not just anywhere, but here, in the seat of our government, in the Capitol, during a joint session of Congress, when the vice president presided. Well, All right, folks, so we, we just went over that. We just heard that. They are literally playing this thing out to be an armed, angry, violent, murderous, ginormous mob. They've got the FBI out investigating folks, arresting folks. Um, Brandon Straka, numerous other people have been arrested. Um, you know, they were angry people. They were angry Americans. There are 74 million of us that are fed the hell up with this crap. Yes, some people made the choice to go into that building. Just like some people made the choice to go into Chad, the autonomous zone this year, and burn things down. And some people made the choice to come into my city, Joliet, Illinois, this year, break into buildings, burn things down, and hurt people. As others made the choice to go into Kenosha, where I walked through, and saw millions of dollars in damage and burnt down businesses. Not one politician held accountable for standing and rioting with them. Nancy Pelosi not held accountable for standing and rioting with them. Chuck Schumer not held accountable for not doing anything. But we're going to try to hold the President of the United States accountable for one day and call it a January exception, a cheap loophole. If you're a former defense attorney, you're an idiot, sir. You know better than anybody as a defense attorney that you can't prosecute a crime twice. There's no such thing as double jeopardy. So if this isn't double jeopardy, guys, just so you don't think I don't know what I'm talking about. But just like you can't prosecute a crime twice, you can't impeach a president who's no longer sitting. It's common sense. It's U.S. history. It's no loophole. It's a fact. I'll be back after the break with a little bit more of the impeachment hearing. Folks, the next thing I want you guys to hear is going to come from uh, one of Trump's attorneys. I just want you guys to hear a little bit from one of his attorneys here. I'm going to start it for you guys. Let's take a listen, and then we're going to cover this as soon as it's done. I am the lead prosecutor, lead uh, counsel for the 45th president of the United States. I was assistant DA for such a long time, I keep saying prosecutor, but I do understand the difference, Mr. Raskin. Uh, before I begin, I, I want to comment on the uh, 
outstanding presentation from our opponents and the uh, emotion that certainly welled up uh, in Congressman Raskin about his family being here during that terrible day. And we'll not hear any member of the team representing former President Trump say anything but in the strongest possible way denounce the violence of the rioters and those that breached the Capitol, the very citadel of our democracy. Literally the symbol that flashes on television whenever you're trying to explain that we're talking about the United States. Instant simple. To have an attack is repugnant in every sense of the word. The loss of life is horrific. I spent many long years prosecuting homicide cases, catching criminals that committed murders. I have quite an extensive experience in dealing with the aftermath of those things. Certainly, as a FOP member and a member of many police organizations myself, we mourn the loss of the Capitol Police officer who I understand is laying not too far away from here. And you know, many of you in this room over your careers before they reached this summit here in the Senate would have had times where you represented your local communities as assistant district attorneys, assistant commonwealth attorneys, assistant state attorneys. And you know this to be true, that when a horrific event occurred in your county or in your jurisdiction, if it was a state jurisdiction, you know that there was a terrible outcry and the public immediately reacts with, with uh, a desire that someone pay because something really bad happened. And that is a natural reaction of human beings. It's a natural reaction of human beings because we are generally a social people. We enjoy being around one another, even in DC. We recognize that people all the world over, and especially Americans who share that special bond with one another, love the freedoms that this country gives us. And we all feel that if somebody is unsafe when they're walking down the street, that the next person that's unsafe could be you, your spouse, one of your children, some other person that you love and know personally. So you'll never hear anybody representing former President Trump say anything at all other than what happened on January 6th and the storming and breaching of the Capitol is, should be announced in the most vigorous terms, nor that those persons responsible should be prosecuted to the fullest extent that our laws allow. Guys, he's saying exactly what we all feel. <laughs> At this point, you know, somebody did something, but it wasn't the president. And because everybody wants to blame somebody, they're blaming President Trump. It's exactly what's going on here. And, um, you know, for those who did storm the Capitol, I understand the emotion. I do. I, uh, 
I was very angry with the things that had happened. Luckily, I was at a peaceful rally that day, but I was angry and upset, and I couldn't understand why we were giving up our system. I still, to this day, struggle with the idea that Biden even won a quarter of the votes they say he won, but they stole the election. They got away with it somehow. It is what it is, and we've got to look forward to 2024. This impeachment hearing is BS. And that's what it's going to be. We'll be back with the end coverage of the uh, impeachment trial, or I should say the hearing today for the trial after the break. So needless to say, folks, um, it is going to be going to trial. Unfortunately, tomorrow at noon, we'll be reconvening Bill Cassidy voting against the Republicans. Six Republicans in total during the vote, 54 245 folks um it is going to be an interesting interesting trial to see in senate it needs 15 republicans to vote to where he would be impeached i don't see that happening thankfully so we probably will get to see a second uh term from president trump in 2024 let's stay really tuned in let's see what happens i will be tuning back in this is brandon harris the tattooed conservative on the weekly deplorable radio i'll be tuning back in with you guys as usual tomorrow just to let you know what's going on and then for my sunday show 8 to 9 p.m central standard time i thank all of you that listen really appreciate your support and can't wait to see you guys next time